Part two, chapter fourteen of the Secret City. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Secret City by Hugh Walpole. Part two, chapter fourteen. Markovitch, on that same afternoon, came back to the flat early. He also, like Lawrence, felt the strange peace and tranquillity of the town, and it seemed inevitably like the confirmation of all his dearest hopes. The Tsar was gone, the old regime was gone, the people, smiling and friendly, were maintaining their own discipline. Above all, Vera had kissed him. He did not go deeper into his heart and see how strained all their recent relations must have been for this now to give him such joy. He left that. It simply was that at last he and Vera understood one another. She had found that she cared for him after all, and that he was necessary to her happiness. What that must mean for their future life together he simply dared not think. It would change the world for him. He felt like the man in the story from whom the curse is suddenly lifted. He walked home through the quiet town humming to himself. He fancied that there was a warmth in the air, a strange kindly omen of spring, although the snow was still thick on the ground, and the Neva a grey carpet of ice. He came into the flat and found it empty. He went into his little room and started on his inventions. He was so happy that he hummed to himself as he worked, and cut slices off his pieces of wood, and soaked flannel in bottles, and wrote funny little sentences in his abominable handwriting in a red notebook. One need not grudge at him, poor Markovitch. It was the last happy half-hour of his life. He did not turn on his green-shaded lamp, but sat there in the gathering dusk, chipping up the wood, and sometimes stopping idly lost in happy thoughts. Someone came in. He peered through his little glass window and saw that it was Nina. She passed quickly through the dining room, beyond, towards her bedroom, without stopping to switch on the light. Nina had broken the spell. He went back to his table, but he couldn't work now, and he felt vaguely uneasy and cold. He was just going to leave his work and find the wretch and settle down to a comfortable read, when he heard the hall door close. He stood behind his little glass window and watched. It was Vera, perhaps. It must be. His heart began eagerly to beat. It was Vera. At once he saw that she was strangely agitated. Before she had switched on the light, he realized it. With a click, the light was on. Markovitch had intended to open his door and go out to her, smiling. He saw at once that she was waiting for someone. He stood trembling on tiptoe, his face pressed against the glass of the pane. Lawrence came in. He had the face, Markovitch told me many weeks afterwards, of a triumphant man. They had obviously met outside, because Vera said, as though continuing a conversation, "'And it's only just happened?' "'I've come straight from there,' Lawrence answered. Then he went up to her. She let herself at once go to him, and he half carried her to a chair near the table, and exactly opposite Markovitch's window. They kissed like people who had been starving all their lives, 
Markovitch was trembling, so that he was afraid lest he should tumble or make some noise. The two figures in the chair were like statues in their immobile, relentless, unswerving embrace. Suddenly he saw that Nina was standing in the opposite doorway like a ghost. She was there for so brief a moment that he could not be sure that she had been there at all. Only her white, frightened face remained with him. One of his thoughts was, This is the end of my life. Another was, How could they be so careless, with the light on, and perhaps people in the flat? And after that, they need it so much that they don't care who sees. Starved people. And after that, I'm starved too. He was so cold that his teeth were chattering, and he crept back from his window, crept into the farthest, farthest corner of his little room, and crouched there on the floor, staring and staring, but seeing nothing at all. End of Part 2 Chapter 14